TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit. Glad you guys can make it back for the final episode of his Hagrid, A Death Eater. So far, we've covered every book, and uh, this one is going to be looking at the Deathly Hollows. Um, I'm excited because, you know, it's going to prove that Hagrid is a Death Eater. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, so this one's decently long. That's why we saved it for last. I think it's like the second longest one of this dude's evidence. Uh, if you haven't watched or listened to our previous podcast, go do it now because there's a lot of information. But essentially, someone went through uh, all the books trying to find how Snape was a secret agent. And doing so, he thought he found a clue to Hagrid actually being a double agent the whole time for uh, Voldemort and being a Death Eater. And so I thought it would be fun to bring our mom in to talk about it. So that's what you've missed. Quick uh, catch up. And uh, we're just going to get into it. So we're going to start with the summary of this man's hypothesis for the Deathly Hollows. So in the Deathly Hollows, uh, he says, we will see the following from Hagrid. Hagrid provides source validation of Snape. Hagrid assists Voldemort with operational activities. Hagrid nurtured support for Voldemort among the spiders. Hagrid provided valuable intelligence collection during the Battle of Hogwarts. Hagrid follows Voldemort's orders, and then Hagrid never fights Voldemort or Death Eaters until it is obvious they will lose when he switches sides. So it's a lot of information, a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of things that could be taken either way. What do you think so far, Mom? Well, I still stand by Hagrid is not a Death Eater. He cares way too much to be a Death Eater. He cares about humanity and the fact that um, he doesn't understand the wizarding world because he never finished school and he's just picking up things he can because he loves magic and that's all he wants to do is do magic and if someone teaches him, he takes it in. Fair enough, fair enough. So uh, we'll get into the evidence. Uh, so for evidence for the first point that Hagrid provides Voldemort with essential source validation for Snape, he says in Book 7, The Dark Lord, As Dark Lord Ascending, Snape reveals to Voldemort that Harry would be moved the next Saturday based on a previous established source of information, who we later learn is Dumbledore. Meanwhile, Yaxley claims it will be a different date, with Oris providing protection. Voldemort believes Snape immediately and never gives a second thought to Yaxley's information. There is no discussion or research into the two possibilities. If Hagrid were a Death Eater, or at the very least a source of information, Voldemort would already know the true date of the plan. This is the simplest explanation for the sudden and easy trusting of Snape's information over Yaxley's. Now, I agree with him here. Not that, like, it's coming from Hagrid, but at this point, Dumbledore is dead. Snape is no longer really connected with uh, them. Like, they know Snape's a traitor because he breaks out uh, he, he's there when Dumbledore dies and he breaks out with all of the Death Eater. So they don't trust Snape anymore. So him having the information makes no sense, uh, for, for Voldemort just to trust him. Cause where is he getting his information if he's no longer a trusted member of 
the Order of the Phoenix. So it's, it does seem weird that Voldemort trusted, like, even with Snape being his number one guy, still weird that he would follow Snape and not Yaxley just straight away. What do you think? I just think that he knows he knows advanced magic, and because of that, there's so many things that point to him, and he believes what he feels is right, and it doesn't matter who states it. If he feels that it's going to help a friend, that's who he's going to believe. Uh, so the next point is Hagrid isn't targeted during the Seven Potters operation. He also reveals the real Harry. So Hagrid is described as twice as tall and is and at least three times as wide as an average full-grown man. That means he is somewhere in the realm of 11 to 12 feet tall and four feet wide. He is an enormous being. During the flight of the Seven Potters, spells are flying everywhere. The Death Leaders are aiming to maim and kill. Voldemort, in particular, kills Moody fairly quickly, moves to Hermione and Kingsley, and then discovers Harry is with Hagrid. We notice when he is attacking Harry that Voldemort, uh, Voldemort's aim is impeccable. Even while flying, Harry is only saved by his wand acting of its own accord. During the plan, Hagrid, Hagrid was also announcing to the Death Eaters he was with the real Harry. Uh, Hagrid carelessly and purposely bellows Harry's name a ridiculous 14 times. The Order of the Phoenix later assumes it was Harry's use of Expelliarmus, but it's more likely Hagrid yelling Harry's name was what clued the Death Eaters in. Incredibly, no one brings this up as a possibility. Furthermore, how did none of the Death Eaters, let alone Voldemort, not hit such a massive target with the spell? It must be purposeful given how huge Hagrid is. Once Hagrid has successfully alerted the Death Eaters to the real Harry, he abandons the motorcycle entirely by jumping out, leaving Harry to his fate with Voldemort. Harry believes he jumps after a Death Eater, but more likely he was abandoning the ship after Voldemort arrived, having completed his mission to separate Harry from the group and alert the Death Leaders to his presence. When Harry lives, Hagrid rejoins the group as it never, as if he never abandoned Harry at all. Oddly, he references specific moments during Harry's fight with Voldemort, which he himself was not witness to, such as the spell Harry's wand cast. Someone had to tell him about this, and it wasn't the only. And he, ugh, someone had to tell him about this, and it wasn't the only other person there, Harry. What do you think? Well, as far as like when they when they were doing the polyjuice and yeah. all becoming Harry, that whole situation was meant to be a cause a state of confusion. Mm -hmm. So Hagrid would be the perfect person. To be part of that, just letting him do what he does, and you know, I mean, Snape's revelation and lack of insight into that, into Hagrid's misdeeds, you know, is is pretty much the strongest evidence because Hagrid, I feel, has good integrity, and what he does is is everything he does is for the people he cares about. Uh, this is why, like, I, I don't think this is a good point by the dude who wrote this. Uh, I think this is one that doesn't prove anything. Because first off, go, he kind of contradicts himself. In his first point, where ha ha uh, Hagrid is source validation, uh, he, if he 
gave all this information to Voldemort previously, Voldemort would know that he was with Harry, unless the, him going with Harry was a last-minute deal. But I don't think it was from the book. That it made it seem like they were always going to send him with uh, Hagrid. So Hagrid, Dumbledore, uh, Voldemort would have knew he was with Hagrid. Uh, so there's that point that throws it away. Hagrid does get hit multiple times with spells to the point that he gets he passes out for a little bit because uh, Harry has to hit the uh, speed thing again. Uh, and then he wakes up, and that's when he jumps off to attack a Death Eater. Uh, so that this whole point is just weird. I don't think it proves anything uh, against Hagrid at all. Um, yeah, it's just a weird point. And I'm pretty sure Hagrid's still on the motorcycle when Harry uh, Harry's wand mends with Voldemort's wand. So, yeah, I don't think it's well, a good point by him. Okay, here's here's one for you. Mm-hmm. So we already we know Snape was actually kind of being a double agent, but was more, you know, on Dumbledore's side. And if that's the case, why didn't he let Dumbledore know that Hagrid's involvement was for the Death Eaters? Because no one like the whole premise of this is that no one outside of Voldemort knew that Hagrid was working with Voldemort. But Snape knew a lot of what was going on. No, that, that's the whole premise of this. Him being this secret agent is no one but Voldemort knew that him and Hagrid had a relationship, so Snape wouldn't know. Like, that, that was the whole premise. It's like, he's a secret secret. Like, not a double agent. He's a secret agent uh, that is working for Voldemort, and only Voldemort knows that Hagrid works for him. But yeah, if if he was like an open Death Eater, yeah, Snape would have known and would have told Dumbledore about it right away. Right, but now, wasn't it Snape that secretly revealed the date of the mission to Voldemort, and not Hagrid, it was Snape? Yeah, no, it was Snape, but the, the dude who wrote this said that uh, with how quickly Voldemort trusted Snape's information, he believes that Voldemort had already got this information from <laughs> Hagrid, and so when Snape confirmed it, he instantly trusted, went with that information. Because all, the dude who wrote this is claiming there's zero reason for Voldemort to instantly trust Snape over Yaxley when Snape has been disavowed from the Order of the Phoenix. So knowing that Snape is no longer part of this group, how, like for him to come in with this information out of nowhere, it to the person who wrote this, it makes no sense for Voldemort to go, yes, instantly over Yaxley, who has information from the ministry that they're <laughs> secretly taking over at the time. So now it's... It, this so far it has done nothing to prove that it's Hagrid's a death leader. So far, it's just speculation yeah. entirely in Book Seven. Yeah. Well, you look at like all all the stuff, like going back and everything we've talked about, and you know, and and I know he had said that there was an odd relationship that developed between Harry and Hagrid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he was very good friends with the trio, so he's prone to let them off the hook for a lot of the behavior because they were his friends and you know you look at all the other people in the school they were the only ones that actually took time to get to know Hagrid and to hang out with them so yeah so he would 
he would kind of let them off the hook for things they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he encourages them to take on the tasks with little or no guidance because it wasn't a ploy to put him in danger. It's something he would have done because he doesn't truly understand how the Ministry of Magic and all that works because that all came about, you know, when, when, when she wrote that first book, when, when Rowling wrote the first book, mm-hmm. she hadn't come up with the concept of what was the Ministry of Magic's role in her in her series. You know, the Prisoner of Azkaban wasn't even written yet. She had ideas in her head, but she didn't have it written down. You know, so some the previous books, some of that stuff in there do contradict what comes out in later books. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just development of her story. <clears throat> Okay, makes sense. And, you know, and he's, and Hagrid's foolish because he allows the kids to do certain tasks. But, again, that's his uneducated perspectives because he's never been put in that situation before. And being a half-giant, loving animals, he's trying to, you know, regain favor with the giants. He's also trying to still maintain his passion for magic, even though he's not supposed to do it. And, you know, he just, he has really odd friendships with a lot of beasts that nobody even wants to touch. Yeah. And stuff in the Forbidden Forest, and he doesn't see any danger in it because with his size, like Aragog, the spider, wasn't going to hurt him. So why would he think that that was going to be, that it would be a threat for the three of them? Because to him, it wasn't. So, you know, he's simple-minded, he's got a big heart, and he just does stuff that, you know, maybe maybe Voldemort was like, you know, we're just going to let him do his thing, and, you know, maybe give him a little, someone give him a little push, or set something in his head, like when he's out at the bar, and they, you know, they give him the dragon, and, and all of that, and with his gambling, I mean, they talk about it in one incident, but... You know, if he's doing it once, he's out there more, and he's just talking to people and being himself. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't choose the right people to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he's Dumbledore's confidant, and he's a member of the Order of the Phoenix, so he gets the uh, perspective of, you know, the lies within, within everything. But he's still getting his own, perceiving his own opinion on what he should do to make it right because he loves Harry and Mm -hmm. you know so it's just I think it's all just circumstantial and because of who he is and what he's trying to do with his life it makes him look like a Death Eater but he's not okay we got a couple more pieces of evidence and then uh, what we're going to do at the end is you're going to give out your last your closing statement on why he isn't a Death Eater. I'll give my closing statement on why he is. And then Alec gets to make the decision. That's why he's been here this whole time. So oh, he, that would have been good to know. He gets to uh, decide the fate of Hagrid. Wait, did, you, did you think that I was just here to listen? I thought you were going to participate more. Oh, no, I'm just he's a judge. A, he's a judge. Yeah, you, you just had to argue your points. All right, go ahead. Uh, okay, so the next uh, a point is Hagrid suspicious, suspiciously arrives at the exact start of the Battle of Hogwarts. 
Uh, so in book seven, The Battle of Hogwarts, Hagrid makes a sudden and opportune period appearance uh, <clears throat> as the assault on Hogwarts has begun. Death Eaters are encircled around the castle, and supposedly Hagrid hears Voldemort's request from a cave well outside Hogsmeade. Uh, somehow Hagrid has time to run with Guap to Hogwarts. He also somehow manages to break through the defenses of the Death Eater and have Guap throw him inside the castle right at the start of the hour. It goes beyond belief he would manage all of this in such a short time with no uh, preparation and not die throughout unless he was in on it with Voldemort, knew about the assault, and was closer and was allowed to pass. Uh, once aside, what does he do? He fortunately sees Harry, confirms the, his presence, and starts asking him questions about his allies and intention. He doesn't provide any assistance. He is quite clearly gathering intelligence uh, by following Harry around until Fang runs off and he loses Harry. Like to his dismay, uh, Hagrid's entire role in the school during the first half of the battle was to confirm Harry's presence, knowledge, and plans. As Voldemort now suspects Harry is destroying Horcruxes, uh, this is even easier to believe once you realize that Hagrid is the only person the Death Eater supposedly captured for Voldemort. So, uh, what do you think about his time in the castle during the first half of the battle, Mom? I believe he was just in there trying to protect his friends and and doing, you know, whatever everyone in the Order of Phoenix was asking him to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he he was he his main purpose through all of the books is to protect Harry. It doesn't matter how he does it or what he has to do. He's there and and he's trying to protect Harry. Because from when he was a baby and knowing that 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 unbreakable bond was was broken towards the end he was he trying his best to keep him safe okay it's a it's it is a little suspicious that he shows up right at the like and it, it could be you know like it's just plot uh devices to get him there but yeah it is weird that he would be in this cave so far away here, uh, say he hears Voldemort, which I don't think it would be the case because Voldemort wasn't like casting his voice loudly, he was just using magic to get into everybody's head. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't he was just being loud, he just put his thoughts into people's heads, uh, which is scary. Uh, so like I, that part is kind of weird how Hagrid said he heard. And then there are giants on the other team, and we know that the giants don't like Guap. So for him to get through past all these giants as well uh, is a little weird. Uh, and then I don't know what Hagrid was going to do inside. Like following Harry seems like the logical thing to do once he's inside. Because like you said, if someone was to run up on Harry, he could defend. But outside of that, because uh, at this point he doesn't really use magic. You don't see him using magic outside of the first book. Uh, so he wouldn't have his umbrella and with the wand in it. You don't see that very much after the first book. Uh, so, yeah, he was he's kind of just like a protector in case someone rushes Harry. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's still just a little strange. I think it's more plot devices, him being there, than uh, any wrongdoing or evil doing. Uh, the next point, I think one of the last, he has like two more points. Uh, the next one is Hagrid's friendship with the spiders provide additional recruits for Voldemort. Uh, so back in the third year, Hagrid was raising the spider, uh, the main spider, Aragog, 
whom he released to the Forbidden Forest. Hagrid is the protector and uh, protector for the entire colony of the spiders on the Hogwarts grounds. Uh, the spiders are bloodthirsty meat eaters and even try to eat Ron and Harry despite being sent by Hagrid. Hagrid has always been safe in the woods with the spiders due to his status with Aragog and their history. But in book six, after Aragog's health starts declining, Hagrid comments, uh, I don't reckon it'd be safe for anyone but me to go near the colony at the moment. Uh, after Aragog died, Hagrid comments again, the other spiders won't let me near anywhere near their webs now that Aragog's gone. Turns out it was only on his orders they didn't eat me. It wasn't easy getting his body out of there. I can tell you, they usually eat their dead. Uh, so given how huge Aragog is, it is hard to believe Hagrid would have been there at the exact moment Aragog died, been there, <clears throat> uh, or had been able to prevent the other spiders from eating the body and would have been able to escape on Scrathe with the body to bury it. One of the spiders described in Book 7 is the size of a small car, and Aegir would have had to carry out a massive one while facing off against a swarm of hundreds of, or thousands of spiders at that size. Once again, we face the unreliable narrative problem. We only have Hagrid's word he, word he can't go back to the nest, and he's warning others from going to that area in the forest. In fact, we later learn the spiders will not have attacked Hagrid at all. Uh, the spiders play a large part in the Battle of Hogwarts. The Death Eaters take the spider's nest as one of their bases of operations, and the spiders make an assault on Hogwarts. Harry assumes the Death Eaters just invaded the nest, but we never see that for sure, and the spiders only seem to target the defenders, uh, the people inside of Hogwarts. Given the spiders are intelligent creatures, they, this could entirely be the case. Uh, in the chapter The Elder Wand, the spiders burst through the entrance hall and Hagrid runs into their midst, yelling to not hurt them. He is then carried away. Harry assumes Hagrid to be dead. After all, Hagrid did see the spiders. Uh, Hagrid did say the spiders would eat him, him now. We later see that he is in fact alive and relatively unscathed. Uh, scathed, not scarred. Scathed. Uh, the spiders delivered him harmlessly to the camp. Uh, this demonstrates the spiders wouldn't eat Hagrid, and they were likely siding with the Death Eaters. It would make sense if Hagrid raised and protected Aragog and was always welcome in the nest, but instead just said otherwise so that people wouldn't go near the Death Leader's planned operational center. So essentially, the, the, the guy who wrote this is just saying it's really shady that he claimed that the spiders were super unfriendly and would even eat him, and then all of a sudden the spiders are now working for the Death Eaters attacking the good guys, uh, and Hagrid is was taken and not eaten by the spiders. What do you think? Well, if they know Hagrid cared for the forest, and they just wanted to be left alone, that's more than likely why they told him that. But then when they saw the threat coming in, and they knew that he was pretty much their only ally, because they knew he wouldn't hurt them, I that's why they were able to take him and save him. Because as far as they knew, he was his their only ally. But that they didn't attack the Death Eaters, though. No, they wouldn't attack because they just needed to get him out of the way. Because they broke into the castle to get him. Like he broke, they broke into the castle, and then Hagrid ran into their midst. Like they broke into the castle, and then Hagrid's like, "No, don't hurt him." Talking about his friends. 
and the dog, and then they like he like goes off into the spiders, and the next time we see him, he's with Voldemort in the the cave. Or in their nest, I guess is a better term. Yes. So, but they, <laughs> but, no, but they're, I mean, okay, let me try to phrase this where it makes sense to you because it's in my head, it makes sense. So they're not, they're, there was no reason for them to attack the Death Eaters because everybody else was fighting. They were there to protect Hagrid to get him out of there because they knew that out of anybody, in that area, in the Potter universe, that he would be their one protector. And that was all that they, they only look out for themselves. They're not there trying to help, and they're seeing everybody fighting. They just saw Hagrid was in trouble, and that's why they went to protect him. Did you change your name to Reed Richard? Because that reach was amazing. <laughs> Holy, you reached the, the moon for that explanation. Uh, I, <laughs> they, you're saying the spiders were ran out of their nest and then ran all the way to Hogwarts and like, oh shit, they're fighting. And then was like, oh, we need to figure out where Hagrid is. And so he's not outside. But he must be in the castle, so let's break into the castle, but grab wait, him, and run away. But he could talk to them. Who says that he didn't summon them and and say help? You don't Where? know the you don't know the connection. How could he talk to Aragog? He's re is this Space Jam? Are you dunking from the half court line? I'm trying to save these, my hundred. These re reaches, my God. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next point is. Hagrid wasn't harmed or killed by Voldemort or the Death Eaters after being taken. So during the Battle of Hogwarts, after Hagrid arrives in the castle and questions Harry and tries to follow him, you never see him fight any Death Eaters for the majority of the battle. Hagrid is suspiciously absent during the critical first hour of fighting from when he arrives to when he is carried off by the spiders. In Book 7, the Elder Wand chapter, Voldemort states to Snape, My instructions to my Death Eaters have been perfectly clear. Capture Potter, kill his friends, the more the better, but do not kill him. Hagrid is dragged off, and the next time we see him, he is tied up with the Death Eaters. Voldemort was adamant Harry would arrive at this location at this time. If his orders were to kill everyone, why was Hagrid alive? He should have been killed on sight from the first moment he ran to Hogwarts from the cave. Being such a massive target, he wouldn't have been hard to aim at. It is more likely Voldemort kept Hagrid as an ace up his sleeve should Harry not cooperate or try to trick him. Harry gave himself willingly, so Hagrid's presence was ultimately unnecessary. However, this is the most surprising thing. This is not the most surprising thing. It's more noteworthy that Hagrid wasn't killed on his run to Hogwarts or after the revelation of Harry's escape. The fact that Hagrid isn't killed either time is explained easily by assuming he is in Voldemort's employ. So why wasn't Hagrid kill. What as as a half did... as a half breed. He okay. he going near the Death Eaters, someone should have tried to kill him. Why? If, because he wasn't a threat. How wasn't he, was he's he... a half giant? How wasn't he a threat? Because he's he doesn't want to hurt anyone. And how would the Death Eaters know this? 
because they've been part of it from the get-go. I mean, the whole thing with Voldemort and all that, they, Hagrid's been there. He's talked, he's, he's made friends with people. He's, you know, he may, they, he may talk to people that were Death Eaters, but it does not mean he was associating. He just had a relationship where he was not a threat. They would have talked to him if they felt he was a threat. They didn't need to get him involved as well as they just knowing he wasn't a threat. So since he wasn't a threat, they just captured him is what you're saying? They just kept him out of the way because they knew he would protect Harry. So then he, he was a threat. a threat. No, he was he would protect Harry. He would he would make it harder for them to get to Harry. That sounds like a threat. And maybe to me. Oh, okay, okay. And maybe Riddle, <laughs> felt, maybe Riddle felt, or Voldemort felt bad as when he was Riddle for getting, you know, making everything for Hagrid go bad. Even though he has no soul and no heart, it could be if if Hagrid is a Death Eater, then maybe Voldemort actually liked Hagrid for taking the fall at the school. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. See, I can come up with some stuff. I got theories. Okay, so two two last <laughs> points. Uh, Hagrid willingly follows Voldemort's orders. In book seven, The Flaw in the Plan, Harry is presumed dead. Voldemort thinks it's best to have Hagrid carry Harry's body. Harry's body. Uh, you carry him, Voldemort said. He will be nice and visible in your arms, will he not? Pick up your little friend, Hagrid, in the glasses. Put on the glasses. He must be recognizable. Hagrid, who has been short-tempered and impulsive this entire series, who fought off multiple oars in book five and escaped arrest again in book seven, who supposedly ran through a brigade of Death Eaters to reach Harry in the Battle of Hogwarts, meekly complies with Voldemort's order. Harry assumes somehow Hagrid is being forced. In fact, Hagrid is not bound and obeys every command of Voldemort's and doesn't try to fight back. In stark contrast to his established persona over the entire series, his ability to cry and speak imply he is not under the Imperius curse. The only question remains, why does Hagrid cry here? Is it because over seven years he has established some true fondness for Harry? Maybe it's relief over the, his years of living a lie coming to an end. Maybe he could tell Harry he's, uh, maybe he could tell Harry is faking death while holding him and is hedging his bets to uh, side with the winner. This is largely unexplainable. So, why does Hagrid do what Voldemort tells him to do at this point? Hagrid, Hagrid believes Harry is dead. Why is he listening to Voldemort? Because he is distraught. He has nothing left. Without Harry there and Dumbledore, Dumbledore gone, I mean, that's a man broken. Yeah, so wouldn't he, like, try to fight? No, because that's not who Hagrid is. But he fights constantly, though. Like, they, they talk about it, like, he fought off a bunch of auras in Book 7. He fought him off again to escape uh, when from the castle in Book yeah, 7. Yeah, but he does, Harry's no longer there. He doesn't have to protect him. That's, that was his whole premise in all of the books, was, was being there for Harry. And he thought Harry was dead. So what did he have? What did in his mind? He had nothing left. He had no purpose anymore. So why that doesn't explain then why would he do what Voldemort says willingly without any 
any kind of fight, any kind of anything. Like he picks up Harry and walks with Harry to go show everybody else Harry is dead. That I wouldn't do it. If like if someone killed Alec, there's no way I'm picking up his body and carrying well, him. Well, you're his brother. Nah, well, it's heavy dog. <laughs> <laughs> like Harry is like Harry's best friend, like son figure, like nephew type figure to his life. So why is he? I, I just—he's making a point. Why would Hagrid do this? It—it's it, weird to follow Voldemort's like information without or rule or directions without any kind of fight or any kind of not even the fight. He could have just sat there, devastated that Harry is dead. That he just, Harry is dead in front of him. He is devastated. He can't move. Everyone deals with their grief in their own way. Okay, and then here's the second part. We know Harry is alive. We know he's alive because uh, Draco's mom puts her hand on his chest and can feel his heart beating. So that means Harry has to breathe. And you're telling me this entire walk from, and it's a long walk, from the cave back to Hogwarts, not at any point does Hagrid realize that Harry's breathing? Maybe he does. But when Harry disappears, he freaks out. Like, oh my god, he's alive and freaks out. He's a good actor. Yeah, that's why he's a Death Eater. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, and time for the final point. Hagrid changes allegiance once it's clear Voldemort will lose. At the absolute end of the series, Hagrid joins the fight and actually combats Death Eaters. Why would this happen if Hagrid were a servant of Voldemort? The simplest explanation is Hagrid is savvy and wants to be on the winning side. He only starts to fight for the good guys when the tide totally shifts against Voldemort. Hagrid is the first person who seems aware of Horcruxes, something only top Death Eaters, the trio Dumbledore and Slughorn know about. When Voldemort gloats over Harry's death, several things happen which make it obvious Voldemort will ultimately lose. Uh, Neville destroys Voldemort's last Horcrux, Nagini, uh, rendering him a mortal man. Slughorn rallies at a lot more reinforcements to fight against Voldemort. Other creatures such as Cenotars, Hippogriffs, Threstrals, and House Elves start attacking the Death Eater. Hagrid, or Harry disappears. Hagrid may or may not have realized Harry, Harry's alive, but he certainly noticed Harry was uh, gone because he yells about it. Hagrid is now in a situation where Harry may be alive while Voldemort is a mortal man who is surrounded and severely outnumbered. Even if Harry died at this point, Voldemort would certainly lose anyways. Hagrid knows about uh, Voldemort's Horcruxes and may even no, they are gone. Hagrid makes a critical decision at this point to begin fighting Death Eaters for the first time in the entire book. He doesn't just fight anyone, though. Only McNair, whom he has a personal grudge against over the attempted execution of Buckby. Hagrid sees where the battle is going, and regardless of Harry's survival, he needs to be on the winning side. Ultimately, he is looking out for himself. So what do you take about him all of a sudden starting to fight? And like he says, he only fights McNair, the executioner. It's just where he wanted to take his anger out at. But uh, but he but he's he was a good guy. He he doesn't fight. He doesn't do that. I just said where he wanted to take his anger out at doesn't mean that he wants to fight. He has emotional outbursts. Okay, so uh, set time, Mom. Good luck. You got as much time as you want to convince Alec that Hagrid is not a Death Eater. 
Let's see. Hang on. Let me pull up. Pull up my stuff. First off, why would Hagrid join forces with the very man who had him expelled? He ensured Riddle ensured he lost his civil liberties in the Wizarding World. He couldn't do anything that he had always dreamt of doing. Also, we know Hagrid loved Aragog, and Riddle was attempting to have him killed, knowing that nothing's more precious to Hagrid than the animals that are in the Forbidden Forest or anywhere in in the school. Um, Hagrid raised Aragog from infancy and was basically his best friend because he had raised him. So why would Hagrid join the ranks of somebody who had, was, who had tried to kill his best friend in the animal world? When he sent to Azkaban, he was sent for the same crime. But why would he continue to be loyal with Voldemort after being sent to the, mo the most severe prison in the world? Wizarding world, when he knows that it was supposed to be Tom Riddle that went. And let's see. Hagrid is a lovable, bumbling, oafish character. He displays very little intelligence and is prone to emotional outbursts throughout the whole series. Which means, yes, I said he was acting, but he would have to be the world's greatest actor in all of the Wizarding World. But he actually is a humble supporter of Dumbledore's. Dumbledore has stated throughout the books that he was incredibly loyal to him. Hagrid has motivation for hating Tom Riddle. Yes, he's a half-giant and an imposing figure in the fight against the Death Eaters, but he's capable of communicating with the giants that remain in the wild. <clears throat> and when he went there, I can't think of her name. What was her name? The other giant. Well, the I don't remember her name. Really. Yeah, well, if, if he had issues, if he did anything there to jeopardize, I mean, Dumbledore knew the location. But why wouldn't she have said something? Or if she was going to say something, why didn't she disappear? Why didn't Voldemort take care of that loose end if, if it was such a threat? With, you know, if Hagrid was such a secret agent? And I just, I just feel that all of these circumstances, just because of who Hagrid was, how close he was to Harry and Hermione and Ron, that he really felt they were family and would have never done anything to harm them intentionally. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I do want to say that uh, I am bribable, and Pokemon comes out in three days. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Randy, is that, is that your whole point? I'm just, I'm just saying he's a humble. He's got a humble nature. He possesses, he possesses a humble nature, and everything he sacrificed is for the common good. And I can't imagine him purposely sending the three of them off for any kind of harm. He's sending them to places that he feels they're not going to be harmed because it doesn't pose a threat for him. Because in his mind, he's never been hurt. Why would they be hurt? Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Interesting. Randy, your, your yes. final thoughts? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it as short as possible. Please. Um, I can't yeah. type that <laughs> So this man this man when he went to get Harry, how did he get to the island? No boat, no, he, he couldn't take any vehicle or animal because the only vehicle he could fly on was a motorcycle that is in the shed of the Weasleys. Mm. Then, no, uh, and then when he's there, he has an absolute disdain for non magic muggles. I'm not saying he hates muggles, I'm saying he hates, or I guess he's he hates. Muggleborn, he doesn't hate Muggleborn witches, but he hates Muggles. Like he does it multiple times through the series. He does not like Muggles. And he uses forbidden magic, very advanced forbidden magic on a Muggle and gives zero cares about. It. There is ample, ample evidence that he is actually the one who was holding Voldemort's wand. Because, like you said, do pointed out, no one picked it up, and it was him. It was uh, it was him or uh, the the uh, not Peter Pettigrew, but uh, the police that were going to find it, and no one ever found it. But he was there because he got Harry right away. And then we look later on in the books, and he has a really weird relationship with Harry and them. Is it can be seen as grooming? Um, he shuns them grooming and hates them. Allegations. <laughs> He, he does some weird stuff. And then, like we're talking about now, he doesn't fight any of the Death Eaters. He he gets past them unscathed. He goes, he gets taken hostage when he would have been the one they would have killed. Death Eaters hated Halfborns, hated anything like that. So he would have been the one that they would have wanted to kill, especially, especially with it being known that he is the one, like, closest parent to Harry. Perry loves him. Everyone knows that he spends a lot of time. Draco definitely certainly would have told everybody that when it comes to Harry, he spends most of his time at school with Hagrid. Uh, so it's a little weird. There's too much evidence to point to Hagrid being a Death Eater. Uh, and apparently to mention. Alright. Was that everything? Yeah, that's everything. He's a Death Eater. <laughs> Okay, so just to sum up what I got from your guys' stuff. Uh, Mom, you stated that uh, Voldemort slash Riddle has uh, acts against Hagrid's self-interest, 100%, right? And tries killing his best friend. Yes. Um, He's a lovable character who is dumb and has emotional outbursts. Although you admit... That he has to be the world's greatest actor to act act a fool. It's uh, improbable because he's a humble supporter of Dumbledore, who also gives recommendations for Hagrid. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Also, you brought in another character that would prove his innocence: the female giant. Yeah. He wouldn't hurt uh, the main three characters. Intentionally, because he sees him as uh, family. Plus, you couldn't imagine lovable character of Hagrid being evil, right? And Randy, yours was he's racist, has grooming allegations, would be a big target 
for being close to Harry. That's about what I got. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> accurate, dude. Well, now, so now he's racist. We didn't bring that. Up. No, he said that he has a disdain for Muggles. That's racist, that's right? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, that's racist. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Wait, wait. If he's racist, then why did he love Hermione? I said non-magic, non-magic using muggles. Okay, okay. Um, he has no problem with mudbloods. It's just people who can't use. Them. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That first, the first scene, the first like couple scenes of the of the movie in general, right? Mm-hmm. In in the book. When uh, Hagrid does find Harry is probably, I think, the biggest uh, evidence towards him being a Death Eater, one hundred percent, because he just doesn't have morals. And how did he get on said island? Like, right? It is a very good point. He a big boy, right? Like you would see something. You know what I'm saying? And don't forget, he leaves them stranded he, uh, he on does. an island without yeah, cell phones and stuff. But he is kind of real stupid. And it could be an act in front of, you know, the writer. But uh, <laughs> he, he, I do feel like he is a little bit too, too dumb to like, and too lovable to like, uh, Uh, do these things, right? Um, oh, it's tough. I'm I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna go with Death Eater. Yeah. Um, unless I'm about to get bribed. Uh, (laughs) so much for your gift. Uh, but (laughs) you want some very good points. I'll say it. Do you want food? (laughs) She makes some really good points, Fran. (laughs) <laughs> really fantastic ones, like it's, it's debatable, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a situation where you got the people who believe he is, people who believe he's not, and people will fight for what they believe. It is a coin flip. However, I uh, there like you guys came up with really good points. Like, yeah, Tom Riddle is the reason why he got expelled. You know, he tried killing his best friend in the world. No. You got him such a person, you know, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just a villain being a villain. And you think to yourself, like, why would he even, like, very good points. Like, yeah, no one in their right mind, even if he was lined with him, like, there has to be a line, right? Like, he's killing, he's trying to kill the things that, like, he cares about, and he's taking away his freedom and life, right? But the unexplained things as well. The uh the wand, you know him essentially being a Death Eater without being a Death Eater, uh, grooming allegations. Rest in peace. Uh, I totally forgot he passed away. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. That's so sad. sad. But then, book Hagrid being racist as well. Like it's just this Death Eater just sounds cooler, so that's the main reason why I'm going with it. I'll be honest. But, like, the argument is a coin flip. And you are correct. I think, like, they're good arguments for both. And it kind of comes down to a personal belief of Hagrid. But, yeah, I do think he's a Death Eater. I think the evidence is a little stronger on that side. 
as well. Well, there you have it, folks. He could or he couldn't be. You decide. Yeah. Well, I don't Choose know. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I got to be so dramatic about it. You know, right? <laughs> but no, thank you, Mom, for uh, doing this seven part series with us, six part series with us on this adventure of Is Hagrid a Death Eater? I uh, hope you uh, aren't hurt too much by him being a Death Eater. No, and, and, and I, I apologize in advance to everybody that is with me and believes he's not, that I didn't do it justice. No, it's a lot of evidence. It's hard. It's, it's good evidence. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that it, it, he's just over like stating and looking too deep into, but there is a lot of questionable stuff, especially in the early books. Uh, but like you said, it could be oh, are you she say just... Weasley huh? is a Death Eater? Are you just saying Mrs. Weasley's a Death Eater? Because she didn't appear until the end to fight either. No. Well, yeah, remember, <laughs> none of them got there until the end, but... No, no way she's a deadly. She, uh, she does. There is a lot of issues with uh Molly Weasley, but Death Eater's not one of them. Uh, I'm sorry, I can never forgive Molly Weasley for how she treated Hermione in the Goblet of Fire. True. That is unforgivable. It's it, inc- incredibly messed up, and she never she never apologizes for it. Uh, but anyways, it's a different episode, different podcast. Uh, thank you guys at home for listening. Uh, write in the comments who you believe is right, me or my mom. Is he a death eater? Is he not a death eater? You decide. Uh, until next time, thank you guys. Hope you have a good day. Find us at Hypothetically Sound on everything. Uh, and until next time, deuces. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.